does introducing incentives into the marketplace for organs make economic sense? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and joining me today is Dr. Gary Becker. Dr. Becker is a professor of economics and sociology at the University of Chicago and is a professor in the Graduate School of Business. He's also the Rosemarie and Jack Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institute and has won the Nobel Memorial Prize for Economic Science in 1992. Thank you very much, Dr. Becker, for joining us. Glad to be here. What does an economist think when he sees such a gap between the demand and the supply of a needed organ? Well, economists automatically would think there's something preventing the price or cost from adjusting because prices serve the purpose of equating supply and demand, whether it's organs or automobiles or any other item that's being transferred. So that's basically what one immediately thinks of. Is there some way that this gap can be closed? Is there a formula that you might think of to help us adjust this with this terrible situation that now exists in the field of kidney and liver transplants? Well, as you well know, there's enormous backlog. People have to wait years. Quite a few people die while they're on the waiting list because they don't have a kidney or a liver transplant. And I think the direct way of solving this problem would be to pay donors for their kidneys or for their livers, either pay in live transplants, you pay the actual person, or you pay into an estate when you're getting it from a cadaver, and still people will arrange to say, well, if I die and it's usable, you know, I'd be willing to do it for a certain amount of money, and the price would be set high enough to equate supply and demand overnight, fundamentally solve this problem of shortage. In your paper that you recently delivered at the Hoover Institute, you talk about arriving at a figure that helps a donor, and this is a quote, become indifferent about the decision to donate. What is the formula that you use? How do you come up with a number that would make a donor make this decision? Well, it's not easy. What one has to try to do is put a value on several of the costs or risks that donors face. One, there's a small chance that they might die or be seriously harmed by a transplant operation. It's a very tiny risk, but there is a risk higher in livers. And so how much would that be worth to a typical potential donor? There's a loss of time during the recovery period. There's a, maybe an effect on the quality of life going forward. And all those things can be priced, not precisely, but we came up with a figure we think was in the right ballpark. Would you care to share that figure with me? For a kidney transplant, we thought it would be about $15,000 for the typical donor. For a liver, which is a more complicated form of surgery, greater risk, greater recovery period, we thought it would be more like twenty-five to 30000 And there are systems to calculate for the premium to cover these factors? Right. You'd have to put economists have methods of calculating the value of the time loss due to the recovery we even have methods to calculate if there's an increased risk of dying due to the surgery. We have methods of calculating how much people value a higher risk, how much they have to be compensated to engage in such a higher risk. 
Have you looked at India or Iran to see if there is a model that we can pursue? We looked a little at both countries. Iran only allows actually live transplants. They've made the judgment that transplants among cadavers, which would be the main ones, are against the Koran. And we also looked a little bit at India. Of course, the prices are much lower there, and the surgeries are not done under the same type of conditions we would demand and would prevail in the United States. But they certainly have markets sometimes, black markets, but they have markets in both countries, and Turkey and some other countries as well for transplants. You know, I saw someplace that in '05, the going price in India was about $1,800, and people have quoted that in India at that time, about they made about one-fifteenth of the capita salary that is in the United States. So their number comes fairly close to the number you've suggested. Yeah, ours would be like 10 times. I think that's roughly in the right, you know, given the difference in uh, what we call per capita income in the two countries, which you say is substantial, it seems more or less consistent with the number we arrived at. And I suggested Iran only because of its economic collapse and revolution and two wars with Iraq suddenly found the need to pay for donors. They only pay for donors for their own citizens, though. And apparently, there is no waiting list. So there's an example of they do pay, and there's no waiting list. So would this be some kind of incentive for us to look at? There are examples. They show a system can work. You know, our system would work differently. We demand a much higher quality in our surgeries and so on, particularly than Iran, and even then in many parts of India, although they're very good physicians in many parts of India as well. But I think it shows what it does prove is that you... This will work. It's not simply some theoretical musings of an economist, but that the notion that by paying you'll elicit much more supply has been shown in these cases. And there's so many other examples in all kinds of different types of items being transferred, we call commodities. A human being or an organ is different, but still, it's the same principle. The economic principles don't change because one is dealing with an organ as opposed to dealing with food stuff or an automobile. The principles are the same. Of course, the implementation is somewhat different. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and I'm speaking with Dr. Gary Becker, professor of economics at the University of Chicago and previous winner of the Nobel Prize for Economic Science in 1992. And we're talking about incentivizing the marketplace in order to compensate donors in the situation that now presents itself with so many people waiting for an organ. Do you think that there would be other gains to society that in some way would put off the critics of this whole idea of incentivizing? When people begin to realize that quite a few people are dying while waiting for an organ or are tied to dialysis and therefore the quality of life is down substantially, that this system would work, that there would be safeguards against people being taken advantage of. I think you explain that. My experience has been that you explain that to people, more and more people begin to see the sense in it. One example, I've never met anybody who had a relative who needed an organ transplant, who waited, 
who didn't immediately see that this would be a, a much better system than the system we're dealing with at present in the United States. The cost of treatment for end-stage kidney disease is also astronomical. We have an entitlement of $21 billion related to chronic kidney disease. It's 6.5% of Medicare, and it only goes to 0.6% of beneficiaries. And of the $21 billion, only $589 million have to do with transplant. So it looks like there's certainly, from the economic standpoint, there is much to be said about increasing the amount of donors that would become available to us. How would you respond to that? No, I think there's no doubt about it. You greatly improve the quality of the life of people. I think it's not only an economic argument. I, you know, people often say, well, it's immoral to buy organs. I say it's much more immoral to condemn people to a low-quality life because we're suppressing the ability to buy organs. To me, that's what's immoral in the present system. I think we'd improve the quality of life of many people by many-fold. As I said, we'd end the experiences that we have now where a number of people in the hundreds, maybe even the thousands, die while waiting for either a kidney or a liver transplant. So at any level, it seems to me that the case is really overwhelming, that we make a lot of sick people much better off, enable them to live healthy lives, normal lives for the most part, with a very simple change in the present system. And supposedly 18 people die every day on the waiting list, and over 100 go on to the waiting list every day, that 50% of all people who are waiting to have a kidney will die before they receive one. And these are numbers that this audience has heard over and over again and continue to deal with in a very frustrating way and manner. In your paper, do you deal only with living donors or do you also deal with cadaver donors when you set up this model? We deal with both. Most organs under our system and certainly under the present system, even for kidneys, come from cadavers. I think it's something like 40% of now kidney transplants with live donors and 60% with cadavers, and the fraction with cadavers is even greater for livers. We think cadavers would still be important, and you might say, well, the price would be a lot cheaper for somebody leaving a kidney to be used after they die than when they're alive. But we calculate that while that is true and while most transplants under our system would come from cadavers, Cadavers won't provide enough organs for that to be sufficient, for example, for kidneys, where we did a more extensive calculation. So you'd have to also be using live transplants, even under our system. And therefore, the cost of the live transplants will, so to speak, set the price for everybody, because in the system we're envisaging, as in most markets, the same price would be paid for everybody who's providing an organ, regardless of the form in which it's coming from. In June of this year, the AMA had a blog that they wanted to modify the law and have a pilot study having to do with, again, cadaver only and have the lowest price that can be expected to increase the donation. Now, are they going to look at your study and that is how they'll arrive at a price, or does the AMA have some other way to compute this? They haven't contacted me, so I well, maybe they, they should. Maybe, maybe they <laughs> I think should. they should contact me, but I, I haven't heard from them. I hadn't been aware of this. I think that's a good idea. I greatly support the idea of going ahead of it in stages, so people won't be too frightened that this is somehow going to unleash some kind of Frankenstein in this market. 
I think what they will find is if you start in a small way, like maybe with cadavers, using price, you will see a significant increase in the number available. As I said, I don't think you'll find enough, so that alone will be able to satisfy the kidney market, but you'll certainly find a significant increase. We've been discussing today with Dr. Gary Becker the relatively small amount of money, $15,000, that would incentivize donors of kidneys in the United States. The gift of life for a relatively small amount. This certainly has been on the medical stage for a long time. I hope we're coming closer to resolving it. I want to thank Dr. Gary Becker for being our guest. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and we've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at ReachMD.com. If you have comments or suggestions, call us at 888-MDXM-157. Thank you for listening.